0: Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck.
1: Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's been a while since I've put up an episode, but right now, I mean, just the whole country is just in a bad place with this COVID 19. I work at a hospital here in town, and it's been pretty bad, you know, all the extra precautions and just the effects that it's taking toll on the employees, the patients, and just our community. And I mean, it's not just ours, it's, it's everywhere. And uh, I mean, it's killed, killed my motivation a little bit to make episodes and even to train a little bit. But I'm trying to do better. And uh, I've got some ideas and some people that I'm gonna try to interview here in the future. And hopefully I can get back on track and have some more time on my hands. It's just work has been kind of crazy right now. But anyway, on this episode, uh, my buddy Justin Scholl, who I've had on the podcast a couple of times, he uh, introduced me to uh, Matt Angler, and uh, Matt Angler has uh, come onto the scene and has done very well, and he's, you know, he's like me, he's in his 40s, and, uh, you know, doing really good in the age group realm, and uh, he's... He, he feels like he's found a way to train specifically for like the age group mentality for us 40 year old guys that are weekend warriors, you know, and that want to train on a smaller time frame than say like some of these guys that are pros. But anyway, I'm just touching base on it. Uh, he explains it in more detail in the interview so here goes the interview from matt angler matt angler what is going on today man
0: uh not much weather in the storm i guess is waiting waiting for the next uh starting line to, to, to
1: core out a load up right i know man it's it's i mean it's i, I hate using the word depressed but i mean it kind of is you know i mean it's i mean i'm still going to work because I, I work for a hospital but you know i know for a lot of people out there staying indoors all the time man it's it, it, and, you know, there's no there's no light at the end of tunnel for, for OCR right now, you know, because first, and they just announced in my state that some businesses can go back to work this Friday. But, you know, I, I mean, I know the workforce is going to have to go back without issues before they ultimately open the door to big events and venues like concerts and races, you know so i mean i I'm scared to say, but I wonder if we'll have an o c r race that we used to know happen this year i'm I'm scared <laughs> I'm really worried yeah
0: <clears throat> yeah no i i I don't know I'm just naive I guess and just hopelessly optimistic um you know the first first race actually for my season was going to be this upcoming weekend uh was the ultra up in uh, new jersey and uh, it it was
1: going to be the one-year anniversary
0: of my first ever ultra attempt And, uh, you know, sadly that's not going to happen, but, uh, but my next event and my primary event every year, the event I've been doing for eight or nine years is the, uh, the Palmerton race, which happens to be 40 minutes from where I live. Right. That's not until July, July 11th. So I,
1: I, I haven't registered yet, but, uh, I presume that
0: one's going to go off. I don't know, but who knows? Who knows?
1: That's the rumor. I mean, I'm hearing mid June or July you know, but I mean, I'm just, I'm really skeptic just working at the hospital and hearing the numbers every day, you know, and nothing sounds great (laughs) when you work for the hospital in the midst of all this. So I'm usually, dude, I'm usually always the glass half full guy. And I got to admit, this is just, I'm scared we might not see a race this year. And I hate to say that. Or maybe, like, if we do have one, it might even be in the fall, you know. Wow. But I'm like you. I was signed up for New Jersey, too. I just canceled my flight today, and I was hoping i get cash back, but they're just going to give me credits for that. So, man, it's – and I thought about, you know, rescheduling my New Jersey entry to the Fayetteville Ultra, but that one's in June, too, so – you know, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I might push it back to the Carolina Ultra in November. Hopefully, that one will take place. Well,
0: they did move the the New Jersey one to October. So yeah. the Jersey, the Tri State Super Sprint, that's usually in the end of October. Um, that one is also going to have the Ultra. So
1: yeah, no I mean, way I'm doing that. I'm not doing the New Jersey Ultra in October, man. That's they've had some really bad weather in October at that Super. <laughs> Y'all can have it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh the one that lives in infamy is the one from two years ago when, when the Nor'easter rolled through. Um
1: yeah.
0: I, that was the the Saturday race, the super and
1: um That was one I, where I Raya Coble tapped end. out like a mile away from the finish or closer than that, I think, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah that it, was uh that was probably one of the biggest learning experiences of my of my <laughs> OPR career actually. It uh, pretty was that bad. race.
1: It was. Well, you know, and it was interesting because when I had finished
0: that race, I unfortunately had bad circulation. Me too. And for years, year, I, I actually smoked for 13 years. So I just always attributed the smoking to my bad circulation. Um, but I quit smoking for years and I still had poor circulation. I tried to do things with aerobic exercise and, and even cold showers, stuff to sort of stimulate and improve, you know, the the capillaries and get some better circulation. And I go into that race, in Nor'easter, no gloves, Ooh. you know, my shorts. I had an Under Armour shirt, my my Legend Born jersey, Lehigh Valley Spartan jersey. Yeah, and that was it. <laughs> and I go into that race because it's a it's a mountain. You know, the first part of the course is uphill. So all you need to do is run for a mile and you're pretty much usually warm. Um, but uh, I had never done this in a, in a nor'easter before. But mm-hmm. ultimately, long story short, I'm in the, the tent afterwards, uh, finished the race, ended up missing four of the last five obstacles because I literally couldn't feel my fingers at that point. It was just falling off the rigs, had no grip strength. But uh, <clears throat> finished the race in the tent. I see a guy who I knew from a previous race and you know hey how's it going how'd you do and he's like dude i never finished i was like, oh no really he's like yeah i'm like wow and he goes that <laughs> he goes look around you he goes 70 percent of the people sitting in his tent right now never finished the race wow i was like what are you serious he's like oh my god man. people can't feel their toes their fingers the hypothermia people are getting pulled off the race course and i was completely oblivious at that point as to how seriously bad the conditions were. And then of course the info came out later about Rhea. you know, it was just like, wow, I can't believe I survived that. Um, and, uh, and I always laugh to this day because I recall running the back section of that. And the reason it was rough on that race is there was so much bushwhacking on the, on the back side of the course. You couldn't really get your heart rate up. You couldn't keep it up because you're just, you couldn't get a really good pace going. You're just like trying not to fall. Um, But I remember not just saying it in my head, but starting to say it out loud. I just kept repeating, warm blood is flowing to my extremities. Warm blood (laughs) is flowing to my extremities. And I was just saying
1: it over and over and over because
0: I could feel the tingling starting in my fingers, you know. And I kept saying it, warm blood is flowing to my extremities. Um, And they never got warm, but they never got frostbite. So I, I would say it
1: worked <laughs> you know you might have that reynolds syndrome because i'm pretty sure that's what i have you know and it because like and it's in your toes and like your fingertips it's definitely worse than my fingertips but like yes and, and it won't be all five of your fingertips at once necessarily it's like you might have two of your fingertips will just feel like they're numb and they start turning white and like the rest of yep. them feel fine so but, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure that's what I got. Like, some days it'll even happen when it's not even that cold out. Like, it can be, like, 50 degrees, and I'll have, like, one or two fingers. It'll start feeling that way. Yeah. I hate it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> for this sport.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. all things to have an issue with, you know. Uh,
1: but, yeah, I remember that so day, because I remember reading about it, because I think our Atlanta Super was that same weekend, and it was a cold weekend here in Atlanta for – that i want to say we was in the 40s or high 30s that day here which was that's pretty cold for our uh october race yeah so Matt, now, it, let, it, let's it, back it, up So. what's that uh well go ahead finish what you're saying
0: well, well no i i just laughed too because i know last year earlier in, in the i think it might have been the seattle race and uh ryan yeah. Kempson that was one that was miserable it was raining yeah. and i remember ryan Kempson. He, he's from the east coast here in new jersey area and uh, he had made a post on, on Instagram, and I and I commented to him, how did it compare to the New Jersey race from last year? And he replied back, you know, at Matt Engler, he's like, there, nothing will ever compare <laughs> yeah. to the Jersey race of 2018. <laughs>
1: yeah, because I think he got kind of like, they had to call medical for him when he did that Seattle race, too, if I remember Seattle right.
0: Yeah, no, I know it was rough. I'm rough on a lot of those guys.
1: Yeah. Well, Matt, let's back up a little bit, man, and just tell me about, like, you know, what you do for a living, you know, and where, you know, I think you said you lived in Pennsylvania, and, like, uh, how did you get into OCR or find fitness again at our old age of 40?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you know, it's funny. Like, it it sort of found me. I was uh, going way back. It was actually a, uh, a random encounter I had with an old uh, high school friend, um, w- was hanging out with her and her husband, and her husband brought up this thing, had I ever heard of a Tough mutter? I was like, what are you talking about, it sounds cool, and you're like, yeah, there's one literally at the ski resort, I live about seven miles from Bear Creek Mountain Resort, um, and uh, they were having a Tough mutter there. I was like, "Oh my god, that sounds awesome! Like obstacles and running. Like I haven't done anything competitive since you know maybe a five k, right. you know, in college. But other than that, you know, <laughs> it's you know the, the, the competitive career was was long gone, distant memory. But you know, the urge and desire was still there. But how do you satisfy it? I'm not, you know, there's there's no no intermi- uh, intramural sports I could play, you know, that were that going to be that competitive or challenge me. So um, I go to sign up for this race, sold out. you got to be kidding me you know so I was like all right well they're gonna come back next year and i waited for a whole year and they (laughs) came back tough runner came back same venue and i remember like okay how am i gonna train for this thing like i i can run you know i guess I, i i had this three mile three and a half mile run that i would do maybe once a week twice a week you know just trying to stay active so my brother had a p90x uh workout you know, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get this, and I turn. I'm like, hey, can I borrow? He's like, yeah, it's all yours. And it turns out, I get this 90 day workout program, and what not you bet? That the race is 90 days out. Huh. This is perfect. So my entire preparation for that first Tough Mudder was P90X exclusively. No running, just P90X. And I can say that.
1: How about that 90 minute go. yoga video? Right.
0: I, I did it, dude. <laughs> I did it. Hour thirty two minutes every Thursday. I did that. More. I did it, man. You I've know, done I some of
1: those videos too. Brutal, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I, I
0: stuck to it, and I showed. And again, the tough Mudder was the first one they did up there was like six miles. I had the course map, and the the tough mutter that I showed up to turned out to be twelve miles. So having gone going into that race, having never run a mountain, having done any running um that one uh that one hurt i could do the obstacles so the training helped with that part but again the running totally underestimated running um so i i was hurt everything was cramping it was a painful experience but then from there you know then, then the spartan race coming to palmerton blue mountain the following summer and pretty much it's been every year i uh, haven't missed the palmerton race uh, but uh now was
1: that your first spartan race was it (laughs) palmerton
0: yeah that was the only race i ever did you know i was very you know i mean you talk about a weekend warrior i was like a one 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 weekend a year warrior like i just waited for that race uh and that was it i didn't travel you know it was like unheard of to me for you to do more than one of these things a year you know right and uh start getting plugged in start listening to some podcasts and hearing people who are doing more of these and then you get into some facebook groups and these guys are doing like you know not just three a year but six you know ten you know then you hear these, you know these 30 races 40 races a year like who are these people but (laughs) um but then you just start getting hooked and then you start feeling you know the energy and you start realizing why you want to do more than these. so i started opening up and, and looking out for more races and uh still the most i've ever done in a year is six but um you know, definitely have reached out and tackled more venues. You know, I right. went to West Virginia, did Vermont, did Killington. Uh really wanna go back and do the Ultra. Killington is probably like the, the, the biggest obstacle I have right now that yeah. I want to accomplish is that. So
1: that's the um, that's yeah. the that's the race you love to hate, man. It's I say I, every year I finish it I say I'm not gonna do it again and then I sign up and do it again. So <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, no, I'm
0: I'm I'm debating if I'm doing it this year. I might I might just take my my Jersey Ultra and see if I can just transfer and do the Killington Ultra. I don't know.
1: The thing about the Killington Ultra is is that will be the one race that mentally will test you the most to where you'll want to stop. The first mm-hmm. time I did it, it was too much of a challenge that I wasn't going to stop because it was the first time there and I didn't want it to beat me. But the second time I did it, it was one of those race, races where the demons were in my head saying, you know, I've done this before, you know, why am I pushing myself this hard? Why don't I just tap out after the first lap, you know? It's just, it it gets in your head serious. I mean, the, yeah. when you're going uphill and your body's just telling you, you just want to stop going uphill because there's so much of it. And yeah. it's it's the only race that i've even just barely thought about stop you know quitting you know it's the only one no and i just
0: heard this the other day you know talking about like you know your inner doubt and your inner pain and basically don't give your inner pain a voice right don't let it talk to you you know don't let it talk to you don't let it speak to you yep um so, yeah, no, it, it, the, the battle is between the years. I mean, obviously, you know, there's definitely physical implications and getting hurt, but at the end of the day, majority of of your effort and, and your results are, you know, the battle between the years. You know, not just on race day, but preparation days, you know, as we know it, to get up and put in the effort, put in the work, stick to it. Um, you know, every day you're, you're your your inner body is saying, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> For what? Without
1: well yeah. So how oh, did you man. feel, like, when – you did your first Spartan race at Palmerton. How did you feel about that? Because that's a pretty gnarly first Spartan race.
0: It was, I, you know, ignorance is I mean, I, I had no idea. You know, I thought, I, I thought all Spartan races were on ski resorts. You know, my first tough one <laughs> was at a ski resort. You know, now the Spartan race was at a ski resort. You know, I just thought that's what it was. You know, <laughs> you just, it, was just, it was just gruesome. It was brutal. Um, so I didn't really think much of it. Um, you know, other than I knew it was hard. But I also realized real quick that, you know, as much as I was, you know, was athletic and fit in the day, you know, I really was was feeling the pain. I I thought I would do better. Um, But uh, but what I can say, too, is I I, I, as as well as I did do um, starting out, I was very intimidated, you know, showing up, you know, especially, you know, I mean, there's some there's obviously some very uh, fantastic physical specimens, you know, out there who. Workout and physical fitness is their life and they show up you know with no shirts in the starting line and I was like holy crap I' am outmatched uh, but uh, but the reality is you know uh, looks only get you so far you know it definitely this definitely boils down to a lot more of the grit the, the mental uh, stamina and, and you just your ability to run you know I think that's one of the, the biggest qualities that most people just underestimate is that the running.
1: Right, without a doubt. I know the first year I went to Palmerton, um, we had run. We I think we ran elite that first morning, and then me and two buddies we talked ourselves into doing another fun lap, <laughs> and we were so sore the next day, like our legs were just trashed, and we were signed up to do the uh, the sprint as well. And I was like, and we were both saying, man, this is gonna suck really bad. And and that was that year that uh, the thunderstorm come through and the sprint got canceled. So, yes, we were super happy yes. that we uh did the did the extra lap because we felt like we still got our money's worth even though they canceled the sprint.
0: Yes, yeah that that that's that's it's actually really interesting. I didn't, that that thunderstorm is actually kind of a pivotal part in, in my whole Spartan journey, um, particularly when it comes to to the podiums. And, um, because that, that, that race being that it got canceled, transferring that race, I ended up transferring it to the West Point, um, sprint, which was later that August.
1: Yeah. Cause I think that was the same weekend as West Virginia.
0: It was, it was like the 26th, um, and uh what's ironic is that weekend my birthday is the 15th of august and so there was obviously a week or so later but that weekend, that day that sunday uh the west point race was the day my family was having my little birthday celebration right and um anyway but it was one of those things right i had a little kid at the time i still have little kids but one like two-year-old at the time and you know i said to my wife you know what i'm just gonna go I'm going to drive out there in the morning. I'm going to do the race as soon as I finish. You know, it should take me about an hour. You know, I'll get all my stuff. You know, I won't mess around. I'll, I'll drive right home. You know, I won't miss the party, you know, because there's always like, oh, it's going to be inconvenience, You're going to be late. You're never going to get out there and back. I'm like, No, no, no. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll make it happen. And uh, so everything goes according to plan. Get up early, drive out there, park. It was weird because you had to get there. You had to park like, I don't know, it seemed like a half hour away, take a bus in. And uh, honestly, God. Um, I get my first ever podium finish or a Spartan at that venue. And that has been like by far the biggest dream of mine. And, you know, for, for years, you know, it was a dream I tried to suppress, honestly, because it just like seemed like it would never happen. And the fact that it happened that day was ironic because first of all, that race never should have happened. I should have been at Palmerton, you know, months earlier. Right. Um, but there I was, you know, at West Point, and then the irony was I had to call my wife and my mom and let them know that hey, I'm not, I'm gonna miss my party because uh, I got second or third place. I have to I have to stick around for the awards ceremony, which is gonna, not gonna be until like one o'clock or something like that. So it's just kind of funny uh, that that thunderstorm at Palmerton really changed changed everything for me when it comes to Spartan and training and and the the medals, you know.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, um, you've been doing so you've gotten like really good and you've made a few podiums, you know, and I remember Justin had mentioned something about that you had made it all click together and like this this way you've been training that it's been helping you, you know, sort of get you got really good at the sport pretty fast, man. You wanna tell us a little bit about that?
0: Well, you know, it, it came down to the podiums I don't know I, I I feel like when every time i was at a race you know I I walk by those podiums and they just call to me I just stare at them you know I just wanted to stand on one of those you know and right. I'd walk over and I'd watch some of the award ceremonies and there was just something about them They just called and I just wanted it so bad. But I couldn't say it to anybody because that's ridiculous, you know, because I didn't want to hear the, you know, the talk back of, you know, laughing at me, you know, and even my inner self kind of laughed at myself. Like, come on, dude, get over it. You're not going to, you're not going to make it happen. You don't have enough time, you know, uh, to train, you don't have a chef, you don't have a, you know, a trainer, you know, you got job and all these obligations, commitments, but at the same point after every race, you know, You look at the time. Oh, man, if I could shave off a couple more minutes here, a couple more minutes there, I'm really, you know, I could do it. And I just started basically looking at what personally where my failures were. And the biggest ones were cramping. I used to say, oh, my God, if I didn't cramp, I could have had, you know, this much better time. You know, if I like what do I have to do to stop cramping? You know, and I just started asking questions. And from there, I just started digging in online i literally was just like starting to follow podcasts um ben greenfield was the first one i came across where he had a guest that talked over an hour about cramping and what's actually happening with your muscles and it was like the most bizarre explanation of cramping i ever heard but um but it just got me now rewired that instead of driving around and listening to radio or cds or or sports talk it was all about podcasts see i'm the same way
1: It yeah, makes the time go by faster, really and you don't started. fall asleep as easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it was, it just, it just started with that, and and from there, yeah, so I just started solving problems, figuring out what my weaknesses were, and then trying to figure out how how I could improve those, those weaknesses. Um, and, and I know that there's, there's definitely some thought out there about don't focus on weaknesses, just make your strengths and focus on your strengths and capitalize on your strengths. But at the same time, some of these weaknesses were really costing me, you know, or right. were very costly. You know, when you cramp up, you're basically done. done. You, know, you got to figure that out. You know, if you can't run, you know, if you can't sustain a good pace, you, you're not, I don't care how proficient you are in the obstacles. You're, you're, you know, you're not going to win. You're not going to get a podium. So you got to figure out that stuff where you're weak on. And that's basically, I I essentially figured out what I could do to improve or limit the chances of me cramping. And it actually all kind of circled back to improving my running form. And that changed everything. I basically, I think if I had to pinpoint one attribute, I literally focused my efforts on learning how to run, um, you know, the cadence and, and, the, and the running technique and the form um, and the style of training, you know, as I used to like just run like four or five miles as hard as I could, you know, three times a week. And I thought that was my training, you right. know, and, you know, realized that that wasn't getting me anywhere. Um, and uh, so that was that was the biggest thing was I literally focused a lot of effort on running. Um, and, and then, you know, when, when you realize the time. It takes to commit to that kind of focused effort on running. You have to pick and choose it's a lot. where you're going to cut, you know, like I got to cut things off at that point. Um, so at that point it came to grip strength was probably the next, you know, biggest flaw. You know, I had to figure that out. Um, and you know, now what? that didn't take too long. In fact, it was funny. Uh, um, oh my gosh, uh, Faye Stenning, (laughs) actually, you know, fan of her. She, you know, just her, just her grit, you know, uh, and resilience is just like really just admirable. Um, So I appreciate that of her. But uh, yeah, I saw her at the end of a Palmerton race once, and I was like, yeah, you know, you know, everyone tells the war stories, you know, and I fell off this. I was one, you know, uh, bar away from the monkey bars, and I fell off. You know, everyone has, you know, their stories, and. I was like, yeah, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I just get so I just get fatigued. She's like, you know what? All you need to do is just start hanging from the bar. She's like, just accumulate five minutes of hang time on a bar a couple of times a week. I was like, ah, oh, that's simple enough. Yep. You know, I don't need to do an hour workout. You know, focusing on you know shoulders. I mean, granted, you want to be all around fit. Yeah, absolutely right. do do a workout. But at the end of the day, if it's if you want to get better at a Spartan race. And just improve your grip strength focus on grip strength so for me it was focusing on those weak weaknesses running grip strength and not getting injured not cramping you know and that that really was what kind of set the set the you know the stage for like wow the improvement started to happen and that's when the momentum started to get created and then you started to see that you know what this actually might be possible um and i think i think if anyone out there who, who, who does have that fire in the belly to get that top 10 or that top five um, or the podium? If you, if you really don't believe it could be true, that's, you're probably not going to get there. You know I think once you once you start getting some, some milestones accomplished, you start seeing improvement and making progress, the belief gets stronger and stronger. Um, and it keeps you going and you, and you ride that momentum. And that was it for me, you know, the running, and the lack of cramping. I can't believe I got through a race and I didn't cramp. Like that was wow. like a huge victory for me, you know? Um, so it was just kind of building on those little, um, milestones.
1: So what did you ultimately start doing to, uh, prevent all this cramping you were having problems with?
0: Well, you know what? I mean, first of all, I I obsessively consume the Natural Running Network and Richard Diaz. Right. Um, It sounds bizarre, to you know, and I've never actually met him. I've never, I actually never paid him. I've never went to any of his clinics. I wanted to do one. He did one actually on the East Coast uh, a couple years ago at the Bone Frog event in New Jersey. Yeah, I'd love to do one. Uh, It's just never worked out. But I literally just followed instructions on from his podcast that you know i bought a heart rate monitor i was you know i had a i even bought my watch my running watch which i thought i would never buy a running watch i bought one based on the fact that it would not only keep my heart rate but it also would keep my cadence um you know i was downloading apps that would you know, that would have a metronome to it, but ultimately they would actually adjust the music you were playing so that the beat of the music would align to 180 beats per minute. Oh, really? You know, so, yeah. What was that app yeah. called? I'd have to look it up. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. You know, it would download a playlist and it would just adjust the song. Like some of them would be funny. Oh, like I'm If sure. you would listen to them on the radio later, you'd be like, why are they playing so slow? <laughs>
1: you
0: know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I was what I did. I spent a lot of time on a treadmill, just trying to figure out running cadence and doing longer, lower heart rate runs. Um, I think that was the that was the biggest game changer for me. Uh, was that? Um, other than that, you know, there there are little things. Um, uh, rock floss. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not sure, I'm sure you heard of the rock tape. Yeah,
1: I've heard him. But, I, he uh, showed us how to like flush the. Like he, he showed us, when I went to his clinic, how he would wrap it around your cl- your calf and, like, flush your leg with it or whatever.
0: Yep, yep. I bought it. I bought into that, and I did that. I would do that every my, – my race week preparations included that every single night. And wow. we're talking, like, almost 35 minutes. You know, by the time you wrap each leg and do the thing for a minute or two and then unwrap it, wrap the other leg, and, you know, and you're, you're incrementally moving it up your leg. It, it takes time, and I do it race night i do it race morning um so i think that was a big thing just to keep those muscles loose almost like your own self massage yeah, but yeah it breaks up that fascia that's in there and allows that blood flow to just kind of flush through um yeah no definitely made that an integral part of, of my preparations for sure so that
1: helps that with the imp- cramping
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, just because, you know, another uh, it was a running podcast I listened to and, um, and I wish I would have documented more of this stuff. But he had talked about cramping. And then it was I think his last name was Fitzgerald. But I think there's two Fitzgeralds that run. But anyway, the one guy was talking, he said, when you're when your calves cramp, it's basically your calves are screaming at you. They're angry and they're angry because they're being overworked. And they're overworked either because of running form or, you know, you didn't stretch them out. You didn't warm them up properly. So if your calves are angry at you, they're going to be cramping. So if you can, like, elongate, you know, those tendons, your Achilles down there and keep them more supple, they're not going to get as angry. And and then, of course, with your form and the way you're, you're landing, um, you're not fatiguing those muscles as much. So, you know, and even going uphill. Um I could, I, I'll never forget the uh, the Spartan race at Palmerton. Don't forget what year, I forget what year it was, but I remember going into the elite, the elite first ever elite heat, and uh, and I, I, can tell you I didn't belong there, uh, huh. but I was, I was, I was in it basically just because I mainly wanted to do it just to get out ahead of all the traffic, but, um, but the the, uh, the the elite women started catching on us, and and I'll never forget the moment when Rhea Coble passed me and it was just so weird because she was running uphill in the tiniest choppiest little steps. I was like, what is like, that's so weird. I've never seen anything like it. Like, but she was running. Everyone else is walking, you know, making these big lumbering and laboring strides, you know, and she's just, just, like, just chopping up the hill, you know, like these little karate chops. Just says her legs just never stop moving. She just motored right on up that hill, and I was like, huh, that's interesting, you know. So even stuff like that, like I changed how I run uphill, you know. I don't, I don't necessarily do. Well, yeah, you know, there's definitely times where I where I do like a hike and put my hands on my knees. But at the end of the day, if I'm running up the hill, I'm keeping those intervals short and choppy, you know, shortening that stride. up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just little tweaks here and there that I think ultimately just all kind of um, compound effect on each other.
1: You know, it's funny you say that about Rhea because I was on at the death march at Killington and I was power hiking the same, you know, just like you're talking. And I was probably halfway up and she did the same thing. She'd come by me and was taking them small little choppy steps and i never saw her break that she kept that the whole way up the death march and i even spoke to her as she uh i spoke to her as she uh ran by me and i just thought you know i was like that's pretty that was pretty badass to me i was impressed
0: you know she actually on on strava because i actually saw her after the race uh it was really cool um that was just two years ago um uh, yep. cause she had, she actually, she, had, I'm pretty sure she was the fastest time for the day, men or women on that March on that section. I think according to Strava, she had the fastest time of that March. Um,
1: I want to say hers I, I was pretty think, impressive I, I, at Killington too. I can't remember though.
0: I I think that's true. Other than that, the only the other thing I think she mentioned is that that was, she never stopped running. I think that was her other goal was that she was going to run the entire death March and not stop. So, um, that was another thing i remember her saying so uh so i think that's uh that's pretty cool so you so you're halfway up and you, you confirmed that
1: <laughs> yeah so i i was and so the next year i i told myself on my first lap i was just going to try to do it i was going to try to go really really slow and just take you know small choppy steps you know on the death march at killington just to see if i could do it and uh you know i i hit it pretty early you know and there was there was some people behind me And I just noticed that, I mean, I was definitely working harder than I would be if I was hiking. And I could tell it. And I noticed that the people that were behind me, they were power hiking and they were gaining on me. So I was like, this ain't working. So I went back to power hiking so I could stay ahead of them. (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's always, there's always a fine line there. Like, when do... I break stride and start power hiking because I'm not going faster. You know what I mean? You, right. You, you kind of got to figure that out for yourself too.
0: And it's different muscle groups too. I think oh yeah. That's the other, I mean, it's not even just speed. It's, it's, it's also compensating for like, all right, I can't just overwork my, you know, my calves or my quads here. Like I got to switch it up just to conserve some of the, those muscle fibers, um, mm-hmm. even though you may or may not be gaining speed by, sh- by changing. You know, form, but at least conserving muscle. Where
1: I think it's best to kind of break it up and go both ways. To where sometimes you're actually power hiking and then you go back to running with choppy steps because that way you're giving different muscle groups a break. Where if yep. you power hike all the way up a really steep mountain, what did you just do? You pretty much just did a whole shitload of lunges. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: <laughs> so when you have <laughs> yep. to
1: start running when you get to the top of the hill, you ain't going to want to run. Nope.
0: Yeah. Nope, not at all. No, no. And then you don't realize how much of that, of your quads are being, you know, demanded upon on, on running downhill, you yeah. know? So if you get them fried going uphill, you're, you know, not going to help yourself going back down.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So, um, Matt, I noticed that you're, like, tr- starting to... You told me that you were going to do, like, some kind of training plan or something that you were going to start trying to promote. You want to tell us us about that and how it's important to you, man?
0: Well, basically, uh, what I realized is that, you know, I, I figured something out. You know, I realized... I had a dream, and I had this thought, I had this burning desire, you know, to, to get on a podium, and, and I kind of thought I was alone, like, that was, like, just this one-off guy who had this dream of eventually getting on a podium, but I, I, I'm realizing that I'm not alone in that space, and there's a lot of guys out there that are like me, that,
1: you Us know. old strength. guys you talking about? Yeah. Wanting to get that older. age group podium? Kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and but those podiums are still kind of calling to you. You know, you're still walking by them. There's there's still this gravitational pull. They're, they they have they're capturing your attention, and and you don't want to let that dream go. Um, and basically, I like like I had been fortunate to figure out a formula you know and it, it's not like about a train because i've signed up for training programs like i wanted it bad and i signed up for training pro i even told you in the one call like i i bought hobie calls training dvd yeah um, where know, he's it's carrying
1: like rocks, rocks and throwing rocks oh
0: yeah <laughs> uh, it's, it's 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 really impressive but i mean for any God bless you. If you can do his workout routines, like if you knew his schedule, uh, you know it, it's 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 a, it's a you know it, it's insane the amount of work that he put in. I didn't have that time. Even with him and him having a full time job, I think he has five kids. His whole family was on board. I mean, he was obviously making money doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, so not all are making money, but you know, to to commit all those hours and then be in bed at eight o'clock at night, you know, and get the sleep that you need. That's one thing. Like for years, I wouldn't be able to do my workouts until 1130 at night. And there I am in my basement doing a P90X workout at 1130, quarter to 12 at night. You know, by the time I'm done, you know, it's almost one in the morning and then I'm trying to get some sleep and then getting up at 630 and trying to like, I'm not winning any podiums with that kind of effort, you know, like you got to figure something else out. And I was able to do it, you know, I was able to, 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 to keep the dream alive, but then ultimately come up with a, a winning formula, you know? Right. And, it, it, and I would that, that's what it really is. It's not just about, uh, uh, program but even back to the hobie call thing i I told you i got that dvd i ran it downstairs i ripped it out of the envelope i put it in the dvd player you know and i'm all ready to go and i put in this i hit play and all of a sudden like i'm I'm in the first workout and i'm doing it and it was like 34 minutes in i'm sweating and he hobie walks up to the camera and he goes okay that's our warm-up now let's get ready to train.
1: <laughs> That's crazy,
0: <laughs> and I laughed out loud. I said, like, "You got to be kidding me! This dude warms up for thirty-six minutes or thirty-three minutes. Like I got to go. I got my, my kids are coming home. <laughs> That's all the time I had. I only had time for the warm up. So it's like there's got to be a better way. And uh, you know, and I was just what I was obsessed with finding a better way and finding a winning formula, and and it worked for me. So basically, I I've been. Told and, and inspired to put this into something tangible, something that I can share with with the masses. Uh, obviously, with, with technology, um, I'm able to, to to kind of find out uh, these people where they're hiding, and uh, and you know, speak to their desires, and and they're going to resonate with this. I, and I, I just know that. If they have the dream alive, if they apply some of these these concepts and, and put together their own formula, they're, they're going to find that, that that podium is definitely achievable.
1: Right on. Well, tell us so. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: Well, basically, it, it, it's it, it's right now. It's laid out in front of me. I'm staring at the the rough outline on a whiteboard. Um, but in fact it starts, it's kicking off on May 14th. It's Thursday, May 14th. I will be, uh, kicking off a webinar, uh, which is probably going to be about an hour and a half. Uh, basically going to talk about, you know, keep trimmed down to about the three mistakes and some of the low hanging fruit, um, that, uh, the three mistakes you're making, whether in in your race day preparations and your training, um, that are costing you positions on race day and then going over some of the quick low hanging fruit that you can implement immediately that are going to help get you better results. Um, And then from there, we're going to, I'm going to have a three module training program. um, And then there's going to be most likely right now an eight module uh, training, which is going to cover everything from nutrition to mentality to uh, you know, how to, how to maximize efficiency and proficiency and obstacles and, and the type of gear and preparations. What do you eat the day before the race, the morning of the race, the week reading, leading up to the race, you know, talking about flossing and you know, like literally dude. one of the game changers for me
1: flossing, like the dance.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, flossing is, is the rock tape. Yeah, of, I know uh, what you're talking about. I band. was just, I had to throw that joke in there. I couldn't resist, <laughs> but, uh, like, literally, like, one of the things that I think is, like, and I'll give away this piece, is the visualization. I mean, people can, you know, scoff at that and look down on that all you want. But I can tell you that during the race week preparation and that taper time, I would get on the, the bike and I wouldn't really do any running that week. I would get on the bike and just close my eyes, especially when I had that course map where I've already done the race. I would literally just close my eyes and run that race and be on that course while I'm on the bike and, like, picture that, like, that final... You know section those final gauntlet of obstacles and and what it would feel like and to just dismount the the final you know her hoist and climb the rope and run around and do the final rig and jump the like i could visualize it and feel my heart rate would get jacked up just Just thinking thinking about 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 it my eyes are closed yeah like literally 10 15 minutes would just disappear 20 minutes while i'm lost in this visualization of that course and uh you know, it's amazing. Those, those things ended up coming to fruition. Um, and so, again, it's just all these little pieces. And, again, it, w- it was my formula. Um, and not that it's exclusive to me. It worked for me. But I know there's, there's definitely lots of nuggets that uh, people just uh, are, are, are missing. You know, and they're they're you know they're trying to stick with these hour and a half, you know, two hour training programs, and they're just not able to stay consistent with them, and they're getting bummed out. And I think by uh, kind of plugging into what I did in my formula, uh, you can trim out a lot of that other stuff um, and focus on what 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 the difference makers are. You know, what the needle movers are.
1: I know I got a trial thing, and I mean nothing bad about Yancey Camps. Uh uh workouts but i i I gotta look at some of the workouts on there because my girlfriend she was she's been doing them for a long time and and she had even complained to me about it as well but like you know the way he the terminology you have to learn the terminology of you know what he's talking about just to figure out and so some of the workouts you had to figure out what they were trying to say before you could do the workout you know so it was just Look, it it looked kind of frustrating to me, and a lot of those workouts looked like they were almost two hours long too, as well. Yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, it was just it no, it, it didn't look like it, a, it, a workout plan that would appeal to me, and I mean, but don't get me wrong, they look like great workouts for OCR, but it just just that type of uh, training that just didn't appeal to me.
0: And and it's. To me, it's, it's, it's about being, you know, especially with mountain courses, you know, and, and running, like you're, you're always off guard. You're always out of balance. So like for me, you know, one way to compound and, and get like a synergistic workout is when just with single kettlebell workout routines, there's so many kettlebell movements that you can utilize that I, I, at the same time, because of the way you have to grip them, you're improving your grip strength automatically, not to mention you're really engaging all kinds of your core muscles that you didn't even know you had uh by just working out with a single kettlebell. Right. You can do a pretty badass kettlebell workout in, you know, 20 minutes um and be, you know, in a pool of sweat. So uh you know, it's stuff like that. You know, why do an hour and a half of these crazy routines when you can do something in 20 minutes and then save the rest of your time for maybe you're going to do, you know, interval tr- interval running that day. Right. You know, so, you know, <clears throat> and that's the idea is kind of maximizing your, your, your time, you know, and being most efficient with the time you have without giving up the dream. You know, you you're going to have to compromise. There are some sacrifices you're going to have to make, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be two and a half hours a day. Yeah.
1: Us weekend warriors, you know, I mean, once you, sometimes you have a bad day at work and you get home and you don't want to do anything, you know, and some here lately, that just seems like that's been me more than, more than most days, you know it's just everything's so stressful right now at at work for us with covid nineteen you know, so it's hard to think about, okay, I just got off work, I've been busting my ass it's I can't go do a two hour workout, I'll never make it through, right. and if I do it's it's not gonna be a quality workout yeah
0: yeah no and and that's you know that's that's the thing and there, there's a whole mental game to this too you know it's not just about forcing yourself into a two-hour workout or whatever workout um you know there's 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 the you know the training with intention you know setting the right intention when you go into it um and you know and if you're really just not into it you know you maybe want to find something else to do you know maybe it is just a walk you know and decompress and and that's and that's okay you know that's that's fine better than you know forcing yourself into something that you it's just going to be miserable and you may not get much out of it anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's interesting. It was, you know, one of those things where it took a lot of people asking, uh, to finally recognize that, you know what, maybe there's something here, you know, maybe I did figure something out and, uh, and it's not even a maybe, obviously I did for myself, but I think it's, it's worth sharing with people. Um, and, and it's one of those things because Spartan to me, uh, It it reclaimed, you know, that competitive edge and that competitive spirit, you know, and and with that, I've made some lifestyle changes that I can absolutely promise you would never have been sustained if it wasn't for the drive and desire to be more competitive in a Spartan race, hands down, hands down. Um, So the sport, as I reflect on it and the journey and the drive to get to a podium and and what it took to get there… has made me just a better person is more well-rounded person. I'm going to be a better father, you know, I'm going to be a better, uh, you know, husband. I'm going to be better, member of my community, a better son, better brother. You know, I'm going to be able to keep up with my kids, you know, as a, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old and I just had a, a baby three months ago so like you know and right he only. might not be the last one i don't know
1: you
0: know so i gotta be you know uh i gotta keep it up you know not that not that i ever want to lose to my kids i'm okay if that day happens but i at least want to be your wife's
1: probably up. like yeah this is gonna be the last one <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs>
0: exactly but uh but now there's just something to it so if you, if you keep the fire alive you know it really does inspire quality uh, lifestyle changes um and, uh, you know, so I, I think if I can impact some some guy's life out there and just make him more thirsty to to be a healthier version of himself, uh, in, in in the mission to get a Spartan podium, if that's the ultimate goal. Um, I think we can help out, you know, and I think that's the bigger picture, you know, to, to create great men and, and leaders in 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 the community that you know have 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 courage, have resilience, you know, and uh, and our and our setting an example of health, you know, and and being there for their families and, and setting that good example. So I, I think there's a bigger, bigger picture than just you know getting a better finishing time. Um, so maybe that's kind of like you know my my dream vision for how this will all end out. But uh, but you know, impacting a life and making a difference and helping someone else get on that podium. Like I'll never forget that day. Never forget that. In fact, it's funny because one of my, you know, my Facebook friends. Um, I've, only, I've only met him twice, and the first time I met him was at that race at West Point. I, you know, I had my first podium. I'm there by myself. There's no family, and I obviously wanted someone to take my picture. So there's this guy standing around. I said, "Hey, you know, man, would you mind taking my picture? <laughs> uh, you know, and his name's Juan, and we're good friends, and uh, you know, and we're still, you know,
1: forever." to that day and connected to that day you know because he took my picture of me getting up
0: on that podium for the first time so
1: uh that's pretty cool, man. it sounds like you've got a good thing going here so man there's a crap load of people now a days that are doing online coaching and just some of them are like the total package and then you got some of them that are just doing strictly just running uh what is what sets yours apart from everybody else or um i mean why should people come to you is what i'm saying like put sell yourself for everybody
0: yeah. <laughs> well yeah you know, wasn't wasn't expecting this but you know honestly it it's the fact that I, I was a, a more of that, that average guy. I, I can still remember when I first talked to Robert Killian at Palmerton, you know, I was talking to him and I talked to him about the first climb, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, how far up the hill did you get before you walked? You know, this is like the silly question I asked him, you know, and he's like, oh, I, I run the whole thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, that's impossible. There's no way you can run up that whole mountain. <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, no, I ran up the mountain. And, and we were talking, he's like, listen, he goes, my lungs are genetically monstrous. Like, I have huge lungs. He basically
1: told me, you know, and I don't, not that it's a secret or I'm the only one to know, but he <laughs> is massive lungs they're bigger than most
0: humans lungs so he has that genetic ability right out of the starting gate that he can you know process more oxygen he's going to be able to accomplish things like that so you know there's a lot of great training programs out there and, and trainers but i'm basically the guy i think that a lot more guys can relate to i'm the guy who you know didn't have enough time was getting older, who still had this competitive dream and desire, but, you know, just didn't have the, the time, you know, and didn't have access, you know, to gyms and equipment, um, maybe, you know, whatever it is. And 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 it's not just about workouts, but it's about a comprehensive approach to to realizing the dream, you know, yeah. figuring out how you figure out your weaknesses. Um, and, you know, and the biggest thing is with anything, and I know it's cliche with this eighty twenty 20 thing, but mindset is really the biggest thing you know once you start doing some of these and applying some of these formulas and you start seeing the results uh things start changing and there's there's something that's that's being altered in your brain and you start believing in yourself and you know and again because you start creating momentum and you realize that you're not going to be asked to do a two and a half hour workout every day um you know it's really just about showing you the tactics uh and the formula to improving your results. Um, And it's just going to slowly, incrementally happen. And and I did it once I kind of started. It was less than a year until I got to my first podium after applying these
1: things. That's pretty cool, man. Well, Matt, uh, we're getting kind of close to time here, but I always have some questions that I'll always ask everybody. And uh, so what I got for you here is, to this day, what has been your most favorite race and why?
0: Wow. <clears throat> Most favorite race. You know, I'm tempted to say that West Point sprint just because it was my first podium, but I I honestly would have to say my favorite race to date was um man. I'd have to go with the Ultra from last year, uh New Jersey. Um it literally took uh my trainer um, or one of the trainers at the gym, uh, locally, uh, he, he had done a n- number of ultra events and he showed me, he was like, yeah, you know, you're doing great. And you're Spartans, man. I'm really proud of you. But then he showed me the buckle. Right. He's like, you got to get yourself a buckle. I was like, Oh dude, like, that's not me. Like I'm not an ultra. Like that He's like, he's like, you could do it, man. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, no, like that was the last thing I want to do. I mean, anyone who's ever done a beast when they finish it, I mean the one of the first thoughts other than like I'm glad that's over is the first thought uh the second thought is uh, well if you're walking and you're not injured you're like I'm glad I'm not injured but then your very next thought your close third thought is I'm glad I don't have to do that again right <laughs> <laughs> cuz you look at those guys in the purple vest and you're like wow no thank you like I am good
1: <laughs> didn't you and, didn't uh, you podium at that ultra too didn't you get a, a third and age I group I did
0: yeah, and that's actually on my, on my like, premier training, I'll, I'll go into the ultra, what I did and why I was able to do that, because I didn't, I mean, again, I didn't really know what I was doing, uh, but it turned out I did. It turned out it was just kind of a philosophy that I applied that, that helped me uh, really kind of Excel in, in, in an area that I had never been to before as far as that many miles but uh, but yeah that race by far will live in infamy and, and the reason being is, is not because of the podium not just because I finished it but there's something about a ultra when you're on that second lap because I went into it as, as a lot of guys who had that competitive edge get into these races you get kind of annoyed with the, with the traffic you know,
1: right, and on the I, second I was lap,
0: thinking about that, like, ah, oh, man, that second lap is going to be brutal. I'm going to have to deal with all of the open wave. You know what I mean? Everyone, you know what I mean? Right. And the spirit and the encouragement, um, everybody
1: the, cheering the, the, you on. It's great.
0: I had never in my life, I was so moved by that. And, like, I mean, I can remember it clear as day. I can remember coming out, uh, you know, whatever the, well, actually, the ultra loop wasn't on the second lap, but at the spear throw was at the top not halfway through two thirds of the way through uh the course and I can still remember coming down and like there was just a mob of people at the spear throw. who was like, oh my God, like look at all these people. Mm-hmm. Like and somebody turns around and they're like, ultra coming, And he's just screaming, ultra yep. coming. I'm like, what is happening? Like, who are they talking to? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and they're looking at me. And they're like, the, I mean, they were like, the seas were parting. They were pointing, like, come here, come here. And ironically, the first lap through, I had, <clears throat> I, I got the spear throw because that's part of my training is i actually bought a spear actually i didn't buy a spear my brother-in-law got it for me for christmas but i bought a bale of hay and i practiced that dang thing first lap i nailed it It exhilarating but now here i am second lap people are screaming like (laughs) ultra coming through like literally you know maybe a hundred plus people are at this spear throw and there i am at the same spot i was on the first lap just ironic that it worked out that way and everyone watching, and I nailed that thing, and people are screaming and yelling and cheering and patting me on the back, and I mean, I was floating for like the next mile running out of that spear throw. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just that that spirit on on the backside, and seeing like the real struggles, like seeing some of the people. I mean, are literally like disabled and handicapped and they have like a, like a fortress of family around them trying to get them through that course through that race. Um, you know, and here I was worried about how annoyed I was going to be about having to deal with the traffic Mm. and, you know, It was it was an emotional thing because I just, you know, part of me was like, man, I can't believe I was that like shallow to, to think about. I would be annoyed. And it turned out that was like the highlight of the day. And I'll never forget that, you know, just seeing real people like husband and wives holding hands as they're walking up these steep climbs, you know. Yeah. Did I have to run around them? But I mean, just seeing that was yeah. so like, encouraging. It's
1: like, inspirational. What, like, yeah,
0: it is. Like what's happening back there? Like th- their lives are getting changed um, by getting through this. We're all in this fight to different degrees, different goals. You know, we're all coming from different, you know, uh, motivations. And uh, it, that was that was super special. Um, and yeah, the, the podium was, was icing on the cake. I mean, finishing it was just surreal. But, you know, and I only missed one obstacle. Which was also huge, uh, but um, but yeah, no that 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 open wave beast, the support um, man, even a portal potty. I had a, I had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> and I'm standing in line at the portal potty, and some guy's yelling, "Ultras, here ultras here, get on up here, so I get to skip the line." Oh, that for was the, cool. The portal potty. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh anyway that's pretty cool that you actually you you had to go to the bathroom and you still you still got on the podium (laughs) for the ultra
0: (laughs) but if it wasn't for that for that purple vest and someone acknowledging letting me cut up who knows but uh yeah Mm. no that, that was special and you know part of me thought i'd never like do an ultra again i don't know but then here i was i signed up for it again this year and ironically it would be in you know four days from now yep uh but uh but yeah, no that 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 day I will never forget. So that that's definitely
1: my favorite race. You would really like the Killington Ultra because the first time you do the Death March, there's pretty much nobody at the top. But on uh, that but yeah, on true. that on that second lap, there's so many spectators up there, and they are hollering and screaming and ringing bells and giving out candy and. And I mean, there's probably a hundred people up there at the top, just cheering anybody that comes up the hill. I mean, it's not just ultras, it's everybody, all the people that are out there doing the beast and just all those people are on that hill, just suffering to get to the top. And it's, it's just cool. I mean, everybody's talking to each other while they're going up there because on the second lap, I I mean, nobody's really running on the second lap of the ultra going up, going up the death march. (laughs) No. <laughs> Maybe like the top elite guys are, but that's probably the only ones.
0: No, that and, you know and I, I, as you're telling me that man, I just I got little goosebumps and I'm just smiling ear to ear like that's, you know, that's what I want. I that that's an experience that uh that uh is encouraging for sure. That's that's might be it, man. I might be experiencing that in September. It's so,
1: it's a, it's, a, it's a grind, man, and uh, but uh it's, it'll be it, it it's worth it. I mean, I say anybody that's this got the urge to really push their self to a race that they might not complete. That That's one. No,
0: and the atmosphere up there is,
1: is just phenomenal to begin with. Too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, just the support of that town. And, you know, the first one I did up there was like, that was just awesome.
0: Um, and, uh, and, I, and that venue is really memorable, too, because actually uh, two years ago, my brother and I went up. And and I still remember it was funny because he wasn't going to, for whatever reason, he didn't want to stick around for the race. and He was just going to go like tour the town and then come back, you know, and see me finish. You know, I was like, like, how long did it take you to do it last time? I said, well, first time I did, it took me five hours. And he's like, well, how long is it going to take you today? And I'm like, "Ah, I think I'll do it in three hours and 45 minutes. And I'll never forget it because I said it. And I was like, wow, that was bold. And he looks at me, he goes, what? He goes, how do you figure that? And I was just kind of like dumbfounded that he even said that. Like, how am I going to take an hour, 15 minutes off? But the reality was, you know what, dude? I'm like, I actually, I am a lot more prepared this time. Like, I, I feel like I'm I'm trained and ready to do this. He's like, all right. Anyway, long story short, I ended up doing it in three hours and twenty-nine minutes, or something like that. Uh, and my brother completely missed the finish because <laughs> he didn't—he didn't think I was actually going to do it that fast, right? Um, and uh, yeah, like I literally—that was—that was kind of a big staple, uh, you know, and testament to this training and this formula was I literally took over an hour and a half off of my previous beast uh, time at Killington uh, by focusing on these, you know, these, these this formula, so.
1: I remember the first the, the first time I went there, you know, just knowing what kind of a race it can be and how it changed. I remember that, I forget what my, I want to say my first year I went there, my ultra time was like uh, 11 hours and like 10 minutes or something like that. And I think I told myself the next year I went there, I, I said, I want to take that 10 minutes off at least. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I was just I was just right over 10 hours doing it last time and last wow. year. And that was, I think that was good enough time. I got second in my age group. That's awesome. And it was uh, a, it was a rough year because last year it was cold, wet, and rainy. Uh, no and, fun. and the air was blowing so fast at the top of the mountain. You couldn't enjoy the views because of the fog. But I mean, it was, it was a grind last year for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: that place is epic, that's for sure. It really is. I mean, it's, and I swear I crossed the finish line and I said, I'm never doing this ultra. I'm never doing the ultra here again. And I've already signed up for it. (laughs) I mean. Well, we might be doing it together, my friend. Man, I'm telling you, you won't regret it. You won't regret it. Just Just the feeling you get when you cross the finish line of the ultra at Killington, knowing that you made it you didn't quit, and it didn't beat you. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's an epic feeling. And every time, I mean, I've only done it twice, but I signed up both times knowing that I might not. I mean, its <laughs> you get in a rush from that race because you know it's a race you might not finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't feel that way about any of the other ultras that I've done. It's only been that one.
0: No kidding. All right,
1: now I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, I've done I've <laughs> done the New Jersey Ultra twice. And, I mean, it was my first Ultra was there at New Jersey. So I had that feeling the first time I went to New Jersey. And, uh, you know, I didn't feel that feeling again until I did Killington. And even though I did it the first year at Killington, I mean, it's... It's just it takes you so much longer to do that race because it's got so much more incline than the other races. It's always got that feeling in the back of your hand. Am I in the back of your head? Am I going to finish this race? You know. Yeah. All right. So my next yeah. question is: Is which race did you hate the most and why?
0: Um, I can't say I ever hated a race. Um, but the, the, the only race.
1: That your ever least favorite really then
0: yeah I mean the race that really had me most miserable um, I would have to say is the New Jersey uh, super from 2018 and during that noreaster um, that one that was just just flat out miserable you know just cold, just cold and, and wet and uncomfortable um, you know and I would have done pretty good uh, but I, you know I actually what ended up my demise in that race was the spear. And this is is like the little stuff that you don't realize. Like that spear thing, I missed the spear, you know, whatever, two minutes, two and a half minutes to do 30 burpees. You know, that's not the MLB all. But what happened is because I was struggling to stay warm and and getting minimal blood flow to my extremities, you know, when I had to put my fingers in the mud for 30 burpees, by the time I was done with those 30 burpees, I had lost all feeling in my fingers. Oh, wow. and then the four of the next five obstacles were all grip strength and I fell off them. Um, I couldn't do them. The only one I, I ended up finishing was the rope climb. Uh, but yeah, I missed the, the, the rig. I missed, the uh, Olympia. I missed the, the Hercules. Um, and, uh, you know, I got the rope there, but ultimately 120 burpees to finish out that race, you know, cost me positions, but you know, had I hit the spear, I never would have fallen off the rig. I never would have missed Olympus. I, you know, I would have gotten, you know, the Hercules. you know, all of those would have been fine. But, um, but yeah, no, that was the, just the most grueling, miserable race. You know, that was the biggest mental challenge, uh, was that race for sure for me.
1: Yeah, usually when Spartan comes to town, the weather will be bad. Watch the weather be perfect in New Jersey this weekend, dude. How about it? How about
0: it? That's true. I didn't even look at that yet. I
1: I haven't either, but I bet it'll be pretty nice up there. (laughs) (laughs) Just because the race got canceled. All right, man, last question. So what is your pre-race ritual? Like, what are you eating the night before? What do you eat for breakfast before the race? If you're planning on racing on Sunday, what do you do after the race on Saturday to prepare for the Sunday race? Tell us your secrets, man.
0: Wow. Wow. Uh, you know what? Like, there, There's a lot that goes into the, the race week prep. Um, but uh, ultimately, with, with the carbo-loading, um, basically my go-tos are sweet potatoes and white rice. I mean, that's that's essentially my main meal, uh, and salmon. That's basically, so like Thursday and Friday, that's what I'm eating. Uh, and then, you know, I'll wake up generally uh, pretty early on race day and have the sweet potato and rice, you know, at least like two and a half, three hours before the race, um, just to get those loaded up. And then once I wake up, it's pretty much like a, like a smoothie with, you know, I, I try to avoid all dairy, right um for about three four days before the race just so you don't have that flatten i don't know that's just maybe just me um but i avoid that kind of stuff but um but yeah i mean i, I do you know i have a, i do the tailwind um you know just something like in, in, in a mixer bottle i blend up like a banana a lot of honey um you know that's kind of the pre-race drink and then uh definitely you know just electrolytes you know and, and most races i don't I, I still remember my first the first beast i ran at, at killington i showed up the starting line i didn't have anything i had nothing <laughs> and a guy in front of me had this all these hydration packs he's like dude what do you, you have nothing i'm like no there's water stations out here right you know and at the time <laughs> this was like three years ago they still gave out some of those blocks right you know, those gel blocks so like i i I counted on those, but um but yeah no i I generally you know it's just kind of like a like a beet elite like i I will use some kind I of, usually buy a generic one right. um hydrogen water you better get them in bags um you know I usually use to have a a bottle of that too with me if it's a super or at least a beast but um but yeah that that's pretty much it nothing nothing too too crazy um but, uh, but yeah, I, I, have, I've had, I had done some real serious concoctions for pre-race, and I think some of them uh, didn't work. kind of backfired <laughs> on me, um, and uh, so I, I've, I've omitted some things, but, uh, but yeah, trying to keep it clean. And it's actually kind of funny because I have this written down. Uh, what I do and I don't have that list in front of me, but I keep it in my with my race Jersey <laughs> right. So I haven't looked at it yet this year devon out a race to look forward to so uh, but yeah, but that'll that'll be in the program though I'll definitely have that that uh, Exact criteria breakdown in my my formula, but yeah as far as the key whole food Carbs is, is just the white rice. Uh, what is it like balsami rice or something? Yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, we'll um, yeah Yes, and I, I forget. This is a white rice, and it, and sweet potato.
1: Yep. Right. Well, all right, Matt. Well, tell us, tell people where they can find you, and uh, when you're going to do your webinar, man, and anything else you want to add before I let you go.
0: Yeah. So uh, I, I got to get back to work on it, but I have a I have my own podcast called Warrior, Warrior Optimized. Um, So it's it's really just it's kind of like about about everything as far as mindset and nutrition and and health hacks and mindset hats and hacks and routines and and stuff like that and training Um, that's available. That's on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Um, But other than that, Facebook, um, I I have a Matthew Engler. Uh, Facebook group as well where I'm doing more of my, my health stuff kind of keeping that there obviously my own Facebook page Instagram But uh, but yeah now well, you can share links below and uh, love to connect with anybody and especially if you're a Spartan dad You know and uh, you have a dream for a podium. I mean that that's kind of who I'm really looking to connect with um, all you all you leaders all you youngins with, uh, with no wives and, and kids and um, yeah, I'll still share with you as
1: well. What <laughs> the heck? <laughs> You'll have kids someday. You'll know what to do. That's right. You'll know how to prepare for the future.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so, no, it's just fun. I love. Just it's just a great atmosphere, and I think that's the biggest thing about it. I just want to be plugged in with the community because you know, being in the in the venue, uh, you know. and, and being around that energy is just, it's just awesome. It's always hard for me to leave. You know, it's yeah. always like I walk out like looking behind me. I'm just not ready to leave yet. You know, I don't know when I'm ever ready to leave. Um, but, uh, it's just the special vibe, special energy being in that, in those races. So.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to do that again sometime this year. I hope.
0: Yeah. How about it? How <laughs> about taking some for granted Add it to the list.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, Hey Matt, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us, man. And hopefully we'll see you at a race coming up.
0: Look forward to it, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate
1: you, man. Yeah, man. Take care.
0: Thanks.
1: Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Matt again for taking time to talk to us. If you're interested in his webinar that he's going to be doing on May the 14th, um, it's going to be at MatthewEngler.com, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-E-N-G-L-E-R.com, and it says 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, And he has reserved seats on there, so you can go ahead and go on there and uh, reserve a spot if you want to. Guys, I know it sucks right now. There's no races in the future. I know they're talking about June or July, but, man, I just don't see that happening until the whole workforce goes back, you know? I mean, everybody's not even back at work yet, so it's hard to see a race happening in June and July when the whole workforce isn't back at their work and doing jobs. I mean, how are fun events going to happen or concerts or sporting events of any type going to take place until everybody's back at work, you know? I don't know. It's just hard to see a future in OCR right now. Uh, I mean, I'm scared to say we there might not be a race in 2020. But if there is, I'll just be pleasantly surprised. I mean, we just got more serious things at hand right now. But I suggest everybody try to stay motivated. You know, try to get your runs in, get your workouts in, even though you can't go back to the gym. I know some gyms are going to start reopening because some states are letting some businesses open back up. I think ours is letting gyms open back up this Friday. But me personally, I just don't know if I want to go to a gym where you know everybody's sweating and breathing hard and just i mean if somebody goes in there i mean it's easy for it to spread at a gym i would think unless they're just wiping everything down and cleaning it super wicked hot but uh yeah i mean just try to stay motivated people i know me and my buddy michael we went and did uh the first 20 miles of the appalachian trail this past weekend and Man, it was it was just good to go do something, and uh, I think we're going to try to do another section in a couple of weeks as well. So, But anyway, everybody, just keep your motivation up, and like I said, finding these personal coaches, like I'm using Bruce Jackson, he's a buddy of mine, he's got a good running program, I'm on my third, uh, I guess, third program with him that I just started, um... I trust Bruce. He's a good friend of mine. I race against him, and he always kicks my ass. And so a lot of the programming he does for me is programming that he's already gone through. And also check out Matt's webinar, see what he has to offer. I mean, there's a million coaches out there, everybody, and I suggest that you find somebody that uh, suits you because it, it will help you have more motivation if you have a planned program. You know, and if you've got like an actual person that's programming you, I feel like you'll be more motivated to get the workouts done. Whether instead of just finding a workout program that's on the internet, because it's a lot easier to pass that up and say, "Oh, I don't feel like doing the program tonight. I'm just going to go eat a half a cake instead," which is very easily done. <laughs> but anyway, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, leave a review. I'll read it. Um, Man, we'll see you at the next race. Hopefully, it will be sooner than later. Peace.